Hey everyone, and welcome to 121 in Flux. I'm Peter, that is Connor, and of course we talk about movies on this show. And in this episode, we are going to talk about The Planet of the Apes, the original 1968, well, classic, uh, to, to use a descriptor. Uh, um, obviously we're doing this because War of the Planet of the Apes, and I still have a, I still have a dispute. I think, I think it's, it's War for the Planet of the Apes, isn't it? Oh, sorry, War for the Planet of the Apes. I still have this dispute that these new movies have too many of this, or in this case, an of the and a for the. I really feel like the planet part could just be taken out. I feel like War for the... Well, it'll be War of the Apes. Uh, yeah. You know, Dawn of the Apes. That's all you need. This of the planet of in the middle is really clunky, and I feel like they're just doing it because it they need the planet of the apes, the full title to be in there, so people know what it is. It bugs me. Just... No, no, I agree. I think I think this newest one's the least offensive because it is for the instead of it's, of it's, the yeah, twice. It's, it's slightly different, yes. Yeah, so but it the, actually the two... feels like a sentence instead of just a, a repeated phrase. The two, the all two though, great films, but of the yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, the... we'll get to, we'll get to those films. They're coming up, don't mm. you know? Yeah, so but we're doing this because this is new, not for them. New one's coming out. We're going to do the original, which we're doing now, and we're going to do Rise and Dawn. Uh, all these and lead up to the new film, which basically means we're alternating between Apes and Spider-Man movies <laughs> for the next couple of episodes. Um, although we have patrons pick episode to do as well, and we'll tell you more about what won that vote uh, at the end of the show. But and to be fair, we may still have a couple of bonuses because of the the 1999 countdown in the Marvelous Facebook group. Yes, and we also have to fit in another Godzilla movie soon, because it has been a little while since we did King Kong vs. Godzilla. Uh, and we could only do one episode a month in May, because we had a really busy TV schedule, but June's opened up a little bit. You might see us pumping out a few extra few extra yeah. movies on Influx. Uh, but here we are, so we're going to talk about Planet of the Apes, uh, 1968. Um, obviously it's a science fiction film about a group of astronauts who have left Earth and they land in this seemingly distant planet. Uh, and I say that I say that with a, a smirk in my face because I think honestly we'll just go full spoilers. Or I'll just give you the spoiler warning now. I don't feel like it's worth dancing around things. Uh, and I, I said that with a sort of smirk in my you know my mouth because I I think just about anyone in present day who watches Planet of the Apes knows what the twist ending is before they start. Uh, in fact, most DVD and Blu-ray covers spoil the ending of the movie because now it's the the art they use. And to be fair, the original poster is terrible, and I get why they don't want to use that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a shame though because it's one of those things where you know I watched it a few years ago, whatever. But it's it's just the case of yeah. You're going to know this going in. Yeah, I saw it for the first time in high school, but obviously it was referenced in TV's shows yeah. before I'd seen it and stuff like that. I just I knew what the ending was. Uh, and if I recall correctly, like the DVD I watched on, the the front cover had the, the ending moment. Yeah, on the, it's on one the of the most it's... common covers. And, you know, if, if now when people think of a, a poster for this movie, they that's, think of that. that's what they think yeah. of, yeah. Uh, it's a shame because it'd be nice to. Because I, I am firmly of the belief there's no such thing as a statute of limitations on on spoilers for movies, yeah. right? And I'm not saying you can't talk about movies. I'm saying there's no reason, even for a movie that's fifty, sixty, seventy years old, there's no reason why you have to open with the spoiler. You, you can say as long as you say I'm going to talk about this movie, right? Start with that, and anyone who's not seen it who wants to avoid spoilers has the option. Of opting out at that point. I agree, but the, the, the sad fact is there are certain movies where 
that just isn't even worth anymore. Like, like yeah, this yeah. is one of them where it's not even worth giving that warning almost because what's the point? Everyone knows. Look, I'm your father, of course, is another, another big it, one. It is, it is. There's just, it, it's like, okay, yeah, there's no point in having a, a spoiler warning for that now. Yeah, there's truth to that. I mean, there's certain things I'll still stick out for. I'll still try and avoid spoiling the end of The Sixth Sense, for example, unless... You know, if, if I know that someone's not seen it, I'll make a point of dancing around it. Because enough time's passed that it might be possible now to go through your life not not hearing it. Yeah. Uh, there, was a, there was a time a few years after it came out where everyone was referencing it. But, yeah. you know, if, if, you're, if you're like in your teens now, you might not have encountered it. So, But here we are. Planet of the Apes. Uh, group of astronauts. Obviously, Charlton Heston plays Taylor, who's the, the lead character, the protagonist. Uh, and they have left in hopes of finding something. I don't, that's actually something we never really get much of. We never really get what their mission really is. No, it seems to be an exploratory mission, hmm. but we we don't really have any definitive facts. But that said, though, they can never go back. Or no, at least not, I mean... to, not to the, the Earth they left, because they this because they established this thing at the start of the movie where oh theory of time because we're moving at near light speed time's moving yeah. differently for us, and they're like oh yeah we've only been gone like X number of months but it's already been seven hundred years on Earth like they they've got nothing to go back to and they go back with their findings and technology on Earth's already have... yeah it it's it's more like you know the the, the... The mission to the moon, just because we can, we, oh, we'll yeah. send someone off because we can. It's less of a we want to do research, just just a proof that they can do it, almost. Yeah, which is interesting because I mean they, they do mention it was kind of volunteer, like pre- presumably they still had to pass tests and stuff, but it was volunteer because essentially it's a one way trip and arguably a suicide mission. I mean, I do think the plan was to come back though, because obviously that that's the whole thing when the when the ship mm. does sink. They do like right. That's it. We're here. We're stuck here now. Whereas yeah, otherwise, sure. it seems like they could have taken off again. Yeah. But would the plan have been to go to Earth? Would it have been to? Ah, yeah, that's a different question. To be yeah. Fair, yeah, go go traipsing in more planets and whatnot. Mm, that's possible. Um, I also wonder: was there a destination, or was it just a case of we're going to sleep in cryo sleep until scans pick up something and wake us up? Hmm. I, I, I'm not sure. I feel like there must have been a destination. Yeah, because this wasn't a destination because they just kind of crash land and that's what wakes them up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's very vague on this part, actually. Yeah. Now that you mention it. Yeah, but that, that's the setup. So here on the planet, and well, one of the things that was really striking me about this early stuff, which I think is beautiful, by the way, I think the, the movie's typically quite good looking, but the, the opening sort of 30 minutes with all the cliffs and them traipsing around it's, it's the the ship in the water stands out for me yeah there's that great shot uh just after they've crashed into it where the camera's sort of spinning outward from it and mm. going far back and sort of aerial shot and uh, that looked really cool yeah uh, so, so there's a good direction in this actually uh which is maybe one of the things you don't necessarily remember like you remember key plot points you remember the moments that have been parodied to death you know it's a madhouse yeah. it's a madhouse like yeah, I I feel like I don't often hear people talk about the the direction in this movie, but it's pretty good. Uh, it is. I, I have to actually check the name of the director, Franklin J. Schaffner. Uh, I think this. that kind of says it all, doesn't it? That mm. it's it's such this iconic movie and you know all the the iconic moments, but no one talks about the director ever. 
I'm, I'm just clicking on his name. I want to see what else he's done. Well, that's it, isn't it? The, the fact that you couldn't even tell who it was off the top of your head, whereas with most other movies of like this sort of time period uh, that are these classics, you you know. Um, he's done some notable stuff, though. He did Patton, uh, Papillion. All right. Lionheart? Is that the Van Damme movie? No, it's not. It's not. Oh, okay. Right, okay. That, that, makes... that would have been strange. <laughs> that would have been weird. <laughs> no, it's not. Not that one. Not that one. It's fine. Uh, yeah, he did a lot of TV before that, apparently. Before this movie. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, he did a very good job. Oh, he did. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a shame he hasn't been remembered more, really. Yeah, all the stuff of them traipsing around the cliffs and stuff, I thought looked great. And do, you, do you know what I mean? think of? Obviously, this was, this was around the same time as the original Star Trek, which we've been doing week to week on already cancelled. And what I thought was really funny, just watching this with that sort of in my head, was like, yeah, this is kind of what Star Trek would probably look like in nineteen the late 60s if it was a big budget movie. Because yeah. instead of having like a sort of cheap backdrop... They've got, you know, they're out in the cliffs, they're out in locations doing like some really gorgeous looking stuff. They've they've found an exotic location that looks like, yes, yeah, maybe could be another planet. It also looks like Earth, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not Earth. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, it looked good. Joe, Joe, something that was striking me actually. You know how with modern movies, especially like Prometheus and uh, Alien Covenant, one of the big complaints has been how stupid the scientists are. They're not even wearing helmets. They, 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 you know, there's yeah. contagions and things like that. They, right. So not only did they get out of the ship and they're not wearing helmets, which didn't really bother me, but like I sort of chuckled to myself. Later yeah. on, they find some water and they strip down and go skinny dipping. Like, yeah, just it. dive right in. I don't, I don't care what bacteria, flesh-eating bugs are in here. I'm getting in that water. Or, you know, snake monsters or anything. Like... Yeah. Now, admittedly, given the end of the movie, we know it's actually relatively safe, but... Yeah, yeah, but they don't. But yeah, they don't. And I, I think that's kind of funny, so... Uh, but speaking of, actually, this movie's not rated, like... I, I don't even think this is PG-13, this is just PG. And admittedly, maybe in SD it wasn't as uh, noticeable, but there's a lot of... A lot of cock... <laughs> Kind of at this part of the movie when they're all naked and they're all and you could obviously they don't focus on it. It's all very wide shots and they obscure yeah, it as and, much and as they can. It's never on but, screen for long. Kind of cuts in and out yeah. with, with the wide shots. But in HD, you can kind of like oh no, there's there's, there's cock, there's, a, there's another cock, and it just yeah. it's kind of funny how uh, that it wasn't rated because typically nudity. I mean, whether you agree with this or not is another another matter, you know, but. Typically, Typically nudity, that's but, one of the things that like, yeah. gets it rated. Yeah, yeah, especially more so even with like male nudity. Yeah, no. Uh, you, point. you have topless females, which is like the sort of the lower bar, if you will, and mm. then you go full frontal, and that, that includes both sexes and so on. But yeah, it's, 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 it's one of these things that I, I know it's like oh, that's a different time in the sixties when you could have this in a relatively yeah, yeah. child-friendly movie. So. Yeah. Interesting, but uh, no. So they they go searching around, and everything's quite pretty. Of course, they they find humans that are mute, uh, and that's when the apes event finally show up and start wrangling them as if they're as if they're cattle, almost chasing after them with nets and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. he, his two comrades get separated, and he gets captured. And then a big part of the movie, of course, is when we're introduced to uh, Zira, who is this uh, animal psychologist. I think her, her title was. Yeah. Uh, and she like sort of recognizes he's different, and 
humans, men as they know them, can't speak. And because he's been shot in the neck, he's, he's struggling to speak, so he can't quite speak yet. Uh, so you're very frustrated watching him try to communicate. And the, the, everyone keeps dismissing, oh, a man can't speak, man's this, man's that. Uh, and of, of course, eventually, he, he start, he's able to write and then he's able to speak. Uh, obviously, famous moments, they get your hands off me, you dirty ape, and all that kind of thing. Um, but no, that's kind of where the plot goes. And it's. I, I think it's relatively simple, actually, watch, watching it again. It's, it's kind of goes through things, but everything's very fascinating because it is like this discovery. First, it's their discovery of this planet, but then it's the ape's discovery that he's not this savage he's not this primitive being yeah and then you have his discovery of their culture yeah society. kind uh, of this back and forth all the time and there's constant messaging and some of it's very relevant today still and uh yeah. particularly how dismissive it's almost like these the apes are these conservatives that anytime they're showing something that goes against what they believe their their scrolls their, their religious beliefs they're, they're immediately like no that's preposterous these are lies like that is immediately how they react every time someone says anything that even hints that. Yeah, I think that's kind of accurate, especially in today's world of uh, how much everyone's in bubbles. Mm. Uh, you know, on any side of the political spectrum, everyone has their bubble typically, and you you typically read news that is already aligned with your personal views because that's what you've chosen to look at. So it just reinforces and. So when something does question that, you kind of dismiss it because it disregards what you already think. Obviously, it's heightened in this. It's very much... Yeah, yeah. Like, he's presented with, like... Well, you know, he, he can speak. Ah, oh, he's still a savage. He's still a primitive being. <laughs> like, he was very in the face of direct evidence. It's, it's written off. Uh, but, like, that that's very much there. Obviously, the whole idea of uh, humans being wrangled around like slaves is very kind of a notable imagery and that obviously speaks to a lot of things. Um, you have the the race issues between the different species of of apes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like you know, like the chimps are seen as the the lower beings and that kind of thing. Yeah, well, and obviously they claim that all apes are equal, but then they act in a different way, and that's kind of still relevant today. Well, well that's the thing. Uh, 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 Taylor actually says, yeah, some apes are more equal than others by the looks of it. Yeah, like yeah. he has that little passing cut and comment. Um, and obviously Taylor's arc in of itself like his, his sort of viewpoint at the start of the film he's almost kind of uh, manic the way he's kind of cynical and doesn't seem to care about things like you know there was, there was a female astronaut on the ship that dies on impact or she's already dead never mind but yeah she, yeah there was a crack in her yeah, cryo tube but she was already dead and like one of the other guys is trying to like mourn her and like oh we should do something and he just sort of laughs it off in fact there's that famous gif which I, I knew was from this movie I always remembered it was from this but I, I forgot in the context of it yeah. like what was he laughing at was the camera pan it's such a, a strange sounding laugh as well isn't it yeah yeah, it's also it's, obviously dubbed. His mouth doesn't quite match the, uh, yeah, the laugh sound that's that's playing. But it's so over the top and crazy. But he's played as very cynical. He's talking to the other guy, and he's like, he he's sort of uh, like analysing him and saying, "Well, you you were the the best of your class, and you felt you had to do this out of like some sort of noble adventure and not lose your status." And yeah. he's very cynical about it. And Taylor almost seems glad that he's left earth behind he doesn't want that yeah he doesn't have to deal with it but of course the arc over for him over the course of the movie is is that he realizes how important it was to him and how much he misses how how nova who are the female primitive women from this planet and obviously i know it's the same planet but i'm just saying that to distinguish yeah. uh, between like this this time and 
our time. Uh, but like he, he comes like he grows kind of attached to her because she, she's someone to talk to even if she doesn't talk back. And yeah, like, she doesn't talk back, but she does understand to a degree. Yeah, and obviously the end of the movie, like realizing that it was us. It was like because obviously I think a big thing here as well, of course, is the Cold War and the threat of nuclear annihilation is a, a big thing, uh, which is obviously what the movie's implying happened at some point. Yes, definitely. Um, and like he realizes, oh, you idiot, she'd blow it all to hell, and. Because he has that thing where he's, he's talking to uh, uh, Doctor Zeus, who's like sort of the, the villain in the movie. He's the he's the one that keeps shooting them down and uh, trying to. And he, he even knows things. He's, he's actively lying about things to keep his society the way yeah, it is. It's all it's all about this uh, dictatorial suppression of knowledge. Yeah, under the guise that everything's equal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 essentially he controls the presses. Mm. Because you know he he has these religious scrolls and it's like no he's this is the, it he's also the head of science no conflict of interest there no well I mean that's that's what's interesting in in this society science and religion are basically the same because the, the religious scrolls seem to be from like this basically an explorer like this is kind of hmm. what it, what it sounds like to me yes yeah, it's, it's interesting I. Um, but obviously, he, he 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 that one of the scrolls talks about man and how like they would kill each other for the land and like all these various other things and just how like basically the worst of humanity. Yeah. Uh, and he brings up like, if if you were better, then why don't you still exist? And t- tell us, oh, meteors or uh, a plague or something. Like he never suggests that we did it to ourselves. Uh, which yeah, he never considers that that actually could have happened. Yeah, which is what he finds out. Uh, and I think that moment where he does find out is so great for me because obviously, like you said at the start, when that other the other woman dies, he just dismisses it. It's like ah, it's not important. But and he kind of feels that way about Earth in general. He's like, nah, you know, everyone you do, they're all dust. You know, forget about them. Yeah. It'll be easier. So, but when he's actually faced with the reality of it, he he realizes he does actually care. Well, I think it's over the course of the movie, like yeah. not having it and being in the society that treats him like this. It's like almost all oh, i kind of miss what i had i kind of miss the home that we yeah, yeah. and obviously the movie is about a lot of things it's about examining ourselves it's about examining the way we are the worst of what we are and like maybe trying not to be that way and i think it's a big thing it's also maybe about it's just kind of looking at like how we treat others like obviously the way the apes treat us it's kind of like flipping the scale a little bit and yeah Making and I think the idea that you have a, a white man being treated like this is more stark, especially for the time period as well. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit more of an image where you go, "Oh, this is shocking. This is provocative." Because yeah, the idea that oh, this could happen to me. Yeah, because that's the audience that they were aiming for. Yeah, um, and that's a that's a big part of the movie. Um, so, so obviously, there's the stuff about like animal experimentation for you know even mm-hmm. just for for scientific gains. It kind of makes it seem like it's like morally wrong in the sense that if to these apes the, these humans are just animals they're nothing but then taylor comes along and it's like oh hang on maybe we have to reconsider our, our position on this and when i see a talking cow i will reconsider my eating of my next cheeseburger but until then oh yeah i'm, I'm not saying you, yeah. you should I'll i'm just, just saying that just... The, the the point is clearly they're saying is hey you know just be careful, because obviously, if this one's more intelligent, why not the others as well? Just they don't mm. show it in that way. And obviously, what we said about Nova, she does understand. They do communicate. There is 
intelligence of some degree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, of course, it's, it's just a case of not taking things for granted as well. It's a big, big part of it, especially with him. It's a big theme of the movie. It's like, we have all this stuff, but how quickly can it go away? How quickly can it diminish? Mm. And all the rest of it. And part, part of the whole uh, Dr. Zayas kind of thing is that he doesn't want ape society to develop because developing is what leads to its destruction almost. Yeah, yeah. If you keep it stagnant, it's it's safe almost. Yeah, if we've never built any nuclear weapons, we can't accidentally or, yeah. <laughs> or even intentionally uh, nuke everyone out of existence. It's it's not possible. Yeah, yeah. But it is. It's, it's very obviously like the best science fiction. It's got a lot of actual commentary on real life. Some of it very specific to the time. Obviously, the Cold War stuff. Some of it's kind of timeless and still relevant. Yeah, I, unfortunately. I think it is interesting how the, the obviously we'll get this in the the late movies, but how the the franchise adapts to the time because obviously here like you say it's nuclear annihilation because of all the cold mm. war but then yeah, later yeah. on we get into you know the, the viral epidemics and stuff it's very yeah. much the, the fears of the time yeah i mean obviously there's some references like the sort of wink wink nudge nudge to the first film in rise but clearly it doesn't feel like it's part of the same timeline or world not really no. um this feels like a movie that's very much on its own. And yeah, you've got all the sequels, and they're not necessarily terrible movies, but they definitely don't have the same weight to them as this one does. No, the rest of them are kind of B-movies, which yeah. isn't necessarily bad. Some of them are fun, some of them are not great, admittedly. But they're not the same as this. Yeah, certainly this one works best to think of it as a standalone film that just functions on its own, has its has its own messaging, has its own stuff. Um and it's just this idea that, uh, like, they're confronted with this new thing, and there's some who kind of accept. Obviously, uh, Zira is very, like, fascinated by this and wants to, and even Cornelius, as an archaeologist, wants to discover their past. And yeah. oh, but you know, maybe our life goes beyond the the twelve hundred years that the scrolls claim have yeah. existed. Also, I really like their nephew, who's very you know anti-establishment. Mm. Like that is is the whole idea of you know fight the power basically. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think one of the other things that I I really like about the movie, just from an entertainment perspective, is that there is, there is this gratification and like because Taylor can't talk and then he finally gets to talk and it's the shock in their faces. There's almost this f yeah moment of like yes, yeah, suck it, we are better. <laughs> like we are not primitive. We we can be this. We are smart. Yeah. Um, and you you kind of feel that like later on when he's in court and like Taylor's trying to talk, it is actually frustrating to you as a viewer because he's saying things that we know are correct and we know make sense, and they're just dismissing it. Is it? Oh, yeah. this is preposterous. Uh, and it's it's another case of again uh, the government and the system using every, anything it can for its own way. Like the point where um, they say, "Oh, he has no rights because he's not an ape." So under ape law, you know, he has no rights. But then they're like, "Yeah, but." You're calling him accused, so he's under ape law. If you're going to do that, and yeah, they're like, yeah. "Yeah, yeah, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. They just yeah. brush it off and do do what they want." Yeah, they, they keep shrugging it off. That's that's kind of how they yeah how they function. Um, so some and the fact is, uh, Doctor Zayas basically kind of admits he plays his hand almost with Taylor because he eventually brings Taylor to his like his own office, his own chamber, and. Basically, like, eh, you tell me about the other life on this planet, and we'll talk. And Taylor kind of figures out he already knew. Uh, one of my uh, favorite shots of the movie, uh, outside of the, of the opening stuff, and obviously the ending, 
is it's when Taylor's in Zira's place, and it's he's not speaking yet, but he's writing lots of notes. He's he's writing mm. various things, and the guards come in and take him out. And there's this great shot as he's leaving where the camera just kind of follows him. He's, he's got this sort of muzzle on his face and he's been dragged sort of back the way and the camera's just sort of following him. It's really close up, but it's just a really sort of intense shot. Yeah. Um, but like, like I say, the movie does this really good thing where you, because we are human beings and we speak and we come from Taylor's world, where we are constantly through his eyes, where we're constantly frustrated with him, we're constantly finding yeah. small glimmers of hope with him. Um, and that kind of thing, and it, it it plays really well for just the entertainment sake of the movie. Where even if you're like knowing all the messaging, you're knowing the analysis, just on a pure entertainment level, that's what makes it work really well. Yeah, because you you naturally connect to this other man over these apes, and you you naturally connect to his his fight and struggle to, you know, just to get free, basically. Talking about the ending is kind of a weird thing now, because obviously we spoke about how everyone knows what it is and. Like he eventually gets away, and like obviously, Zira and Cornelius help him, and they take him to the dig site. They look at the things, and basically, Doctor Zeus just kind of lets them run off after because because they have a chance to stop him as he's riding away in the horse with Nova, and he, he just like no, nah, just let him go because like he's not going to survive. Yeah, I think. think it's not even that. I think it's because obviously he knows that he's going to find something. Yeah, I don't know if he knows that that's exactly what he'll find, but he knows that there's some stuff out there that'll prove to him that kind of what happened. Because he mm. says, oh, you, you're not going to like what you find. And it's it's that he, he lets him go because it, it's him seeing that will be worse a punishment than them just locking him up. Oh, sure, yeah, I can see that. It's very, it's very sadistic in that sense. I can see that. Um Really well shot, but actually, obviously, we know what he finds. But it, I love how the camera kind of plays it in a very kind of ambiguous yeah, way. Yeah, you see the first, the, the the top bit, and then yeah. you just see some of the spikes from behind. And if you know what it is, you know exactly what you're looking at from behind. Yeah. But like, you buy that it wouldn't be, and then he obviously gets down in the sand, and he beats it with his fists, and he's like, "God damn you all to hell! You you killed us, you killed us all, you blew it all to hell," kind of thing. And we get to that epic final shot where you actually see what he's looking at, and it's the the Statue of Liberty and the and the sand sort of hunched over. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like the top half of it, and then yeah. just just all the the. It's a, it's a gorgeous shot in general, though. Just yeah, the sun on the on the water. Yeah, and the effect it's a little bit softer than the rest of the movie. Obviously, yeah. we're watching you know in 1080p now HD. Um, the, the shot is noticeably softer because it's an effect shot, but the effects mostly hold up quite well. I think. I think one of the thing that. Uh, uh, because so much of it is practical, a lot of it does just still kind of work. Yeah, the only moment that really made me laugh in terms of effects was after the the hunt where they captured Taylor, the guys take the apes taking the photo. Mm. He says, "Smile," and obviously because they're the, these masks, they can't smile. So instead, they just make a noise. <laughs> no, that's fair. I mean, yeah, obviously the fact that there's suits, there's people in suits yeah. that are the apes is definitely, obviously, a dated thing. I will say, going back to it, because obviously in the new movies we have this fantastic CG that is, like, next level. It, yeah, it's, it is the gold standard. Yeah. Um, Dawn of the Apes is still to be surpassed in CG, although War's about to come out, so maybe... <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe this is it. <laughs> but, like, I, I I was actually impressed when I was watching this again that how expressive... They, like, they made... 
they clearly designed the mask so that the eyes could still be the real eyes, and it was very expressive. Now, there was a couple yeah. of moments where you could kind of see the real person's lips behind the mouth, and it was like a little bit... Yeah, yeah, but iffy. for the most part, it's pretty solid. It's good for what it is. For for people in suits, it's actually it is really well done. And you get away with it a little bit because it's meant to be thousands of years later and they're supposed to be really intelligent apes. So you buy it, or maybe physically they just they look a bit more man-shaped, if you will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also in terms of just it being a suit, there's only if you've got a good quality suit, there's only so far wrong it can go. Yeah, yeah. So it naturally just holds up by that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It, it, but it, it looks pretty good. Uh, Joe, I, I, so we spoke about the cinematography. I actually think that looks really good for the most part. There's a lot of wide shots. There's a lot of, uh, especially at the start when in the rocks, there's a lot of really wide stuff where it's like, oh, here's them in this, this Vista. In fact, one yeah, of my favorite things is it's, when, they, it's gone. when they first get off the ship and they're in the little paddle boat, the little raft, mm. uh, and they're going down this little creek and there's like two cliffs on either side and they, they yeah. just look so small in the frame of these two dominating cliffs. It just feels like, they have no idea what they're entering. They're, they're alone in the world. It's yeah, that's it. it. Really gives you the sense that they are these explorers on this this foreign mm. planet where they they are such a small little part of this world that who knows what's out there. With their stupid metal backpacks that I can't imagine are comfortable to wear. Probably not. But... <laughs> yeah. So that was the other actually. They, they go skinny dipping, and while the you know from a from a biology or geology level, there's no comeuppance for it. It still bites them in the ass because that's when the other people steal their clothes. And yeah, I will say one thing that maybe annoyed me a little bit is um, after they got out of the, the little boat and they go through all their packs and go right. This is what we've got. We've got this mm. gun. We've got this first aid kit. We got all this food and water. And obviously, they leave that at the side when they go skinny dipping, and then it's gone and never heard from again. Obviously, hmm. but I'm going. Did we really need so much time knowing exactly what was in every single one of those? If you're just going to get rid of them, um, I'll argue yes to an extent. Because first of all, it establishes that when they first go through it, it establishes okay, this is how dire the situation is. We're in the desert. This is all we've got. It really hits home. How limited things are, how how desperate they are to find life and food and civilization of some kind or whatever. Um, and then when they go, you understand the full weight of what that been taking does. That this is their one lifeline, and it's just been, it's just went away. It's gone. Yeah, I guess, I don't think it needed quite as much detail as we were given. Like it was I very mean, in depth. I think I think that's part of the. A part of the era the film is made, uh, yeah. the, the, the pacing so like this. Although I actually really like the pacing. At, at this yeah, I mean, part of the you don't see an ape for what half an hour. Yeah, at least, and it, I, I like that exploration segment of the film where it is just these guys looking around and trying to find things. And yeah, and it also works obviously because we get to know who Taylor is, and you know, it, it's it's funny because obviously uh, the, the other guy says, "Ah, oh, you can't get a read on him," but we do through mm. through this conversation. And, and obviously everything else that happens in that section of the film. So when we have to go so long without him talking, it's like, okay, we, we know who he is at this point. Hmm. And obviously one of the things we've not talked about is how the apes basically are humans, just yeah. from a different stage, right? And, it is, and I, I, don't mean, <laughs> I don't mean apes became humans. I, I'm not talking about... 
I'm not talking about biology, I'm talking about just the way they act, the way their civilization yeah. is, the way they communicate, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and there's a great thing that accents this, actually, where one of the apes repeats the uh, the same dialogue from um, one, one of the guys that started, Dodge, uh, the, the, the black astronaut. He, when they find that one little plant, and they, they finally yeah. they find that one little plant, and he picks it up. And first of all, I thought that even that in itself was symbolic, that they find a plant and they immediately just rip it out of the ground. Like, it's just, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about symbolism. It's just yeah. This is this is what man does. They just take life for themselves and discard it. It's like it's done. It's used. Yeah, there was uh, no benefit to what they did there. No, I really not. They just wanted to look at it and go ooh and ah, life. Yeah. But one of the lines he says, he says, uh, "Well, there's life here, so you'll find another and another yeah. and another." And later on, one of the apes says that as well when he's talking about. I think it's uh, Doctor Zeus when he's talking about intelligent people you know men speaking and stuff. Some mutations mutations there uh, and he's like oh when you find one there's bound to be another and another and it was just it that really stuck out to me is this we are kind of the same you're you're pretending you're not because you because even though he knows has some knowledge and he's read these scrolls he doesn't really quite understand it no i think it's it's i like the idea of the way he's kind of doing what he does out of fear which again plays very nicely into the the, the cold war stuff where everything mm. was you know, everyone was perpetually afraid. Was that that was kind of the point of the time, where it was fear of what could happen, what 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 could happen at any moment, and that's kind of Zeus's thing. He he knows what man can do, and he knows what they would do if they progress. So it's this fear of I I don't want it to get to this stage. But that's the, that's the funny thing though is he, he doesn't realize that that's exactly what men did. Exactly. And it slowed things down, sure, but. Eventually, yeah. I mean, until we've not eventually annihilated ourselves yet, but yeah, there's still hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, like he's doing exactly what, what we did, and I think that's kind of the mistake. Also, the idea of like things being a cycle, that like, things always happen the same, and that and to yeah. come out of it, you have to break the cycle. Yeah, elements of that. Um, but like we say, like like all the best science fiction, it's it's pointing out things, it's analysing things that are actually part of society. Yeah, sure, it's a movie about a man talk to a bunch of talking monkeys, but yeah, it's actually saying a lot. It's saying a hell of a lot. It is, it is, and like you say, like there's a reason it's a, a timeless classic, like other sci-fi movies of you know the the that time period before. It, it's because they have something to say, and the sad part is what they have to say typically is still relevant, which is why the, the movie Most is still is, relevant. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, along the Cold War stuff, it feels a bit more specific, you know, the fear of nuclear weapons. Which, don't get yeah. me wrong, nuclear weapons are still pretty scary. But it's just that was we very much of the We don't have the everyday yeah. fear of it, yeah. Um, but all the, the general else, societal yeah. stuff, the, the class. E- e- even, the, even the idea of like anything said against the scrolls is blasphemous. And you'll be like, even that feels super relevant to some of the more extreme parts of, you know, like yeah, definitely. It doesn't take a lot to compare that to other things, and like, oh, you disagree with us? Well, you're an enemy of our of our religion. So yeah, I mean, even just to, to put it, look at like North Korea, for example. You know, you can't speak out against the leader because you know that that's a that's a crime, and it's the same sort of thing here where it's it's heresy for them to to say anything, and they will be punished. Yeah, but all apes are equal. Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, no. So, um, 
Yeah, I think I, I might mention the score a little bit. I, I don't know if uh, a lot of it sticks out to me. A lot of it is pretty, pretty typical. I would think of the, the time period, but there is some stuff I really like, especially going back to the, the early part of the film when they're exploring, because a lot of that is quiet as they're just kind of walking around the cliffs and stuff. Yeah, there is that kind of uh, kind of sci-fi track that the, the kind of like you have the sort of the little high pitch sort of uh, strings that sort of come in every so often. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's Jerry Goldsmith doing what Jerry Goldsmith does, isn't it? It is, yeah. And, yeah. And, and in that sense, you get what you expect, but that's that's uh, typically a good thing from my perspective. I, I, I think what I'm trying to say is that, it, that that opening stuff especially has the mystery, but it has the dangerous sense to it. Like, Yeah. yeah it's I funny because we recently did uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre on uh, Screams, me and Tim, and honestly, there was a little bit of the music was reminding me of some of the little bits in that. Now, admittedly, Texas Chainsaw came later, so it's entirely possible that... Yeah, yeah, that was aping on this. <laughs> uh, I, I, I apologise, that was pretty bad. Which reminds me, actually, uh, Human See, Human Do was a line of dialogue in this, and... <laughs> it was. I, yeah. I, I think it might have been a bit too on the nose. Just a bit. That, that was maybe one of the lines where it just went a little bit goofy. Just a little. Just, bit. just a touch. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> no, but the movie holds up really well. Uh, it, it, it does in a number of ways. Uh, Charlton Heston's very good. Uh, yeah. Obviously, uh, we, we did a movie with him recently. We did Touch of Evil, where he was playing a Mexican of all, of all yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was strange. That was strange. Uh, but he is good. Uh, obviously, in real life, he has has a couple of uh, detracting qualities. But as an actor, he he does command the screen. He does take control of. The, yeah, and you know, I, so. I think for me, when I watch films like this with, with him, in, you know, I, I don't think about the the person. I think about the the oh, performance. I mean, neither, really. Um, still, though, it's hard, it's hard to even see him now without thinking of you know out of my cold dead hands. Like that that clip is just sort of ingrained into my. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I can't really argue with that. But uh, no, no, but he's he's very good. Um, obviously, the actors who are in the uh, the costumes uh, are are typically pretty good. Uh, the three leads, the you know uh, Zira, Cornelius, and uh, Doctor Zeus, they're all pretty damn good. Yeah, they they do a good job of you know having personality and even just holding themselves differently, even when they're you know, they're in these suits still, but. You can tell, like, one chimp for another straight away. Yeah, those ones you can definitely tell. Obviously, the others kind of all yeah. merge together. They've, they've all got the sure, same the back, background ones are all the, the same. But that's kind of the, you know, when they, when they go, oh, hey, all, all men look the same to most of them because, you know, they don't know any men. But it's the same, you know, here it's like to us, all these chimps look the same because we don't know any of them. We're just seeing yeah. them in the background. Although, of course, literally in this movie, I guarantee you all those ones in the background have the exact same mask. Oh, obviously. Yeah, so they, they actually yeah. do all look the same. They do, yes. But, yeah. Nah, I think that's fair. And again, like, you, you take that as, again, other other sort of jabs at racism and yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. It's, so. it, the race stuff is very forefront in this movie just because their society is so obviously split into race in terms of, you know, even just, like, they function in different roles. Yeah, their society, yeah. 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 And... Yeah, so, and obviously all the humans are hunted down and treated as slaves. And well, even if it's slaves, I, I, I mean, it even be slaves. It's just sidesaw attractions. He goes through that museum it's, where dead people have been stuffed, and yeah, they're more treated like 
cattle. Yeah, but even then, uh, not not it's not like they, they even take anything from them. That's like cattle have a a purpose in terms of like food and clothing. Yeah, the, the, these humans are just kind of. I mean, it's it's a hunt. It's sport. Yeah, it's sport. It's pets. It's and I mean, and and you know, they're on horses hunting. It it, it is very much like you know, like rich posh British fox hunting. Uh, well, I don't know if I'd go that far because they, they they talk about them being savage, and it sounds like they only bring them back to experiment on and things like that. It doesn't sound like they serve much of a purpose to them, other than that. No, no, they don't. So, yeah, that's. Um, but no, uh, movie's very good, and I, I, th- yeah, I think I think we're wrapping up here. But uh, yeah, so I thought about music, thought about cinematography, thought about acting, direction's really good. Yeah, I think we've hit all the all the points. So yeah. no, I guess that leaves us to ratings, which is mm. interesting for a movie like this. So where do you stand? What what are we giving this out of ten? I think I might have to go with a ten, you know, because it's oh it's, ten. It's, I think I might. It's I think I was, the first time I watched it, you know, a few years ago, I haven't watched it since. Hmm. I think it was probably like a nine. But I think it's gone up just in the sense that I, I do really feel like it's it's really held up. I think it's highly enjoyable as a movie. The messaging's all very good, if some, if, if occasionally somewhat on the nose. Hmm. But it's all there and there's so much of it. It's It's not just one thing. There's, you know, a multitude of different themes that it deals with all at once. I, no, that's that's fair. I, th- I think I can't quite go that high. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna settle on a, a nine myself mm. uh, for this. Like you say, it's, it's entertaining. Uh, all of the different elements come in. I think I'd forgotten how well shot it was as a movie. Yeah, from, from my first viewing, I think I think that's one thing that I had forgotten. Um, like you say, it's a little bit on the nose at times. Um, here's here's a really stupid thing that was bugging me: uh, the guns that they were using had no clips in them, and you could see the hole where the clip was supposed to go. And that was kind of bugging me. Not that, yeah. I'm, not that I'm down scoring it for that, I'm just I'll point it out. It was something I, mean, I noticed. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. The one, the one that Taylor was using towards the end, especially. Like, I it, mean, you, you have to imagine that was just a safety thing on set. Just don't put any bullets in the clip. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess. You can't. You cannot make that complaint when ninety nine point nine percent of movies achieve this with no accidents. No, no. Look, they're they're very advanced te- guns. That the the, <laughs> the 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 bullets are in a different place. They're not advanced. The the, the horses. The houses right. are made of like stone. The, the, okay, the fine, but all right. They're they're just different. The gun. The the bullets are in a different place. Yeah, that was actually the weird thing. I thought it was weird the apes had a camera when otherwise, technology speaking, it was more uh, past than that. Like everything else was very yeah, yeah. But then they had like a camera. They had these guns that you know looked relatively modern. Yeah, guns and the camera are the only things. Though everything else was very. You live in like sort of stone houses and yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was very like the the, the surgery was very. Like there was no Google. hints that anything worked with technology. With technology worked with electricity. No, there wasn't. I don't remember all... seeing. Yeah, I don't remember seeing any lights, no, lights or anything like that. See, I'm trying to think. I can't. I can't think of any light, but the rooms were definitely lit. 
but I, we didn't see any so- light sources. Yeah, there was think. no sources. It was just the, the only time I can even think of like a light source being seen is uh, you know when they're fighting in the cage and he comes in with the the fire torch. Mm. But I can't think of any other. So no, I'm going to go with the nine. I think it's a very good movie. I think uh, direction is really good. Uh, parts are really well played. A lot of good messaging, and it is entertaining. So yeah, uh, partly it's nine from me. And do you know what the amazing thing is? Is that somehow, years later, decades later, when no one wanted a new Planet of the Apes movie, this was somehow topped. More mm-hmm. on that in the coming weeks. Uh, so, look forward to that. But that's Planet of the Apes. That, that is the, the first Apes movie. So, uh, yeah, let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments below. Uh, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, if you want to support the channel, obviously all that supports the channel, but if you want to support the channel a little bit more, you can go over to patreon.com slash TV and see some of the bonus you can get, including getting episodes of this uh, a week early. So if you're watching this on the YouTubes, the next one's already up. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, another perk on uh, Patreon in the $5 tier, because that one's only in the $1 tier, in the five dollar tier, you get to vote on a monthly episode of this show uh, for a bonus episode, and this is a particularly special episode because I get to announce what won the vote for May. So coming in a within the next couple of weeks uh, in June, we are going to be uh, covering the Akira Kurosawa movie, The Bad Sleep. Well, that won the vote uh, narrowly. Not and uh, don't worry, even though the the patrons get to vote for this, and they will get it early. Everyone still gets this on. Oh YouTube, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the same. Yeah, that's goes up like a regular episode for everyone. Uh, yeah, every every everyone benefits from this bonus. The only mm. the only benefits that, that the patrons get is they get to vote and choose the movie, and they they get it before you. Yeah, so the bad sleep well is going to be uh, won the vote and will be uh, June's bonus episode. Uh, I also get to announce what the next vote is for the patrons, uh, and because obviously we are voting throughout the month of June for the bonus movie in July. Uh, and because July has Dunkirk coming out, we thought we'd sort of give it a theme, and the theme is Christopher Nolan. So these four movies up for vote uh, over the month of June for the July movie, uh, or Christopher Nolan movies, uh, they are Memento, The Prestige, Insomnia, and his first film, Following. So those are the four options. So if you're a patron at uh, the $5 tier, um, or you're considering joining at the $5 tier, uh, you have uh, the month of June to vote on that poll uh, it should be up soon after this video is up early on Patreon uh, so you can check that out so just, just please do uh, I'm curious to see what will win that uh, basically it's his first four movies not including any Batman stuff because uh, the Batman stuff will come someday yeah and then the later stuff we were like no we'll, we'll get to that eventually it's a bit too a bit too recent, new yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see what wins that but uh, you know so that's uh, that, that's the the, the housework, if you will, the house cleaning before we before we wrap up properly. So, thank you very much for watching. Once again, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz. Uh, we always appreciate you uh, getting us on there and uh, watching the videos. So, thank you. Keep watching movies. We'll see you next time.